Welcome so to who had shop. a fucking awesome time at Scary shop. Movie Night? I did. I had a really good time, uh, and I think a good time was had by all based on the level of hungover everybody was the next day. And Sean, I have to say I'm a little bit surprised that you're not still wearing the prosthetic chin. <laughs> I thought you'd, you'd be able to uh, use it in like a conference call. <laughs> but this is not a Fear of Missing Out podcast. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 24, the Season 7 finale of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs like us decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is the Trav Hitch Killer. Nice. A.K.A. the Travoices in my head. Uh Uh-huh. A.K.A. the girl with the Travis tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And I'm joined here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, the Man Sean family, A.K.A. Ritual Execution. A.K.A. Amerishan Psycho. We're also extremely excited to welcome back to the Chop Shop uh, our regulator, John Wayne Chelsea, A.K.A. Three from Chell, A.K.A. The Golden State Cheller. <laughs> also, we've got a full house today. We, uh, we have two returning guests. First, we have Mark the Ripper, A.K.A. <laughs> Murder Spree Marco, A.K.A. The house that Mark built. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for being here. And also making her triumphant return, the Hillary Side Strangler, <laughs> a.k.a. the Hilling Fields, <laughs> a.k.a. Serial Hiller. Thank you for being here, ma'am. No problem. And further description of the show, the tagline says, watch Chop Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. We're not actually in favor, though, of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Kill them all. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we succeed. Again and again and again. So that brings us to our first segment, and this is going to be movie news. And this is where throughout the week we try to pay attention to stories that relate to our content and that our listeners might find interesting or that just have to do with media in general, cinema in general, that is. Uh, First, we've got to start it off with an RIP. Uh, I know you guys were already all over this, but Prince Azim of Brunei, a (laughs) Hollywood producer, is dead at the age of 38. Now, he is the uh, son of the Sultan of Brunei and was fourth in line for the throne. Um, They did not give a cause of death, but media reports, local media reports, that he had been ill for some time. And his Hollywood credits include You're Not You with Hilary Swank and The Happy Prince with Rupert Everett. Uh, So rest in peace and rest in power to him. Next, Letitia Wright says it's only a matter of time before an all-women Avengers movie is made. And Sean, what did you say about that? I don't know. Did I say I'd see it if there was a butthole cut? No, you, <laughs> you said period drama. Oh, a period drama. That's right. <laughs> um, next, oh, this is a good one. Elvira <laughs> is developing a new animated movie. Yeah. And she will be reprising the role of animated Elvira. What do you guys think of that? I love that. She, oh, she doesn't even need the animation. She could do it. She's still life. awesome. She still yes, amazing. she is. Immortal. Yeah. Uh, next, Legend of Halloween. David Gordon Green has written a kid's book based on John Carpenter's original film. Where can I get my hands on this? I know, right? <laughs> There's some kids that need to be scared. Jordan Peele to produce a remake of Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs. Now, this uh, 
comes shortly after he is already producing the new Candyman remake. Is that that's right? right. Yeah, yeah uh, that's, that's so, been around though, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, so I'm sure it's still not out, but yeah, delayed, right? Be getting like stuff. everything so, else. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. People under the stairs was amazing. I think he could do some interesting stuff with it. Very cool. And speaking of interesting stuff, Dave Batista is to produce and star in a sci-fi fantasy film called Universe's Most Wanted. And I think that's good news. I like Batista. Yeah. Seems on brand. I think I think he's pretty funny. He is. All right. That will wrap us up on movie news for this week. A little bit lighter week than the last. We had a, a lot of stories last week. Uh, oh, is that the phone ringing? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Greetings, choppers. Spellbound's title sequence was not designed by Saul Bass, but I wasn't able to figure out who the artist was. The girl tangled up in the Borat-Rudy Giuliani scene played Borat's daughter, not his sister. Big Hero 6 is a Walt Disney film, but it's not a Pixar film. The Bad Hal 9000 ripoff in WALL-E was Autopilot, or Auto for short. Travis, I admit, as you were gearing up to say Killian Murphy, I got a little tense. But you got that and Donald right, so you've earned yourself a conjugal visit with the department sex bot. Aw, yeah. Shout out to electronic musician Rusadin for providing today's bed music. That is all. Choppers, this conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. All right, finally, a sex bot. (laughs) So thank you, Dana, again, uh, for all of your hard work. And... uh, I'll mark my calendar. And so that will close the doors on the Department of Corrections for this week, bring us to the theme of the episode. For the fifth and final victim in our annual October Horror Series, this week we'll be talking about serial killer movies. Thoughts? Well, you know, we're blatantly riding on the back of the popularity of serial killers and podcasts. And true crime, And true crime shows in general, so... uh, I think it's low-hanging fruit for us to take this one. But. I think it's great. And I, um, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I don't think of it really as even horror for Halloween. I uh-huh. think of it more as like a kind of, yeah, like it's you were saying, thing, it's a right? whole side thriller investigation. Gotcha, gotcha. Drama thing. And what, what did we have originally slated that I changed it to? Devil movies. Devil movies, but I feel like we've done that. That being said, Sean, you've got a little bit of some info, right? Well, just out of curiosity, I wanted to see, and this is kind of morbid, and I'm not delighting in any of this, but I wanted to see uh, what celebrities, modern-day celebrities, have been affected by serial killers or murder in general. Okay. So here we go. Charlize Theron, uh, her father was killed by her mother in self-defense in 1991. Jennifer Hudson, her mother, her brother, and her nephew were killed by a brother-in-law. Dylan McDermott. His mother was killed while he was age five by a boyfriend. Whoa. Uh, Ice Cube's uh, half-sister was murdered uh, when he was 12. Dave Navarro's mother was murdered. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, his brother, uh, Scott, was killed in 2008, execution style. Damn. And the suspect was his, ex- was his brother's ex-girlfriend. Sofia Vergara, uh, her brother and sister, were killed in Colombia in 1996. Uh, Mark Wahlberg was accused of murder at age 16, yeah. uh, attempted murder. And, of course, Woody Harrelson's father was convicted of murder in 1979. Well, damn. 
So I guess what we're saying is this is going to be a really light, whimsical episode. <laughs> yeah, right. A lot of laughs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's bring it into the next segment, which is going to be the midnight double feature. And this is where we go around the panel and we each talk about two films that are within our category at hand. And we talk about how they're related to each other and why they would make a good double feature. Uh, so who would like to go first? Either of our guests? I'll go first. Go for it. Okay. Um, I picked two kind of, I guess, obvious choices in terms of serial killer movies. Um, 1995 Seven, directed by David Fincher. Do, do I, you want to just a description? Have you heard of this film? I have. Yeah, okay. it's based on the Seven Deadly Sins. The okay. Yeah, two detectives, a young one, a, a veteran, um, are hunting down a serial killer, Kevin Spacey, who. Um, is killing people based on the seven deadly sins. He's yes. on a spree, if you will. Happens over like what a week, seven days, also, I believe. I could be wrong. What's about in a that. box? What's in the box? <laughs> yes. Um, all that. And I paired it with uh 2007's Zodiac, also directed by David Fincher. Okay. Um, which is based on, of course, the Zodiac killer who is still unknown. He was a kill a serial killer in San Francisco area who yeah. wrote the newspapers. Um, often and you know, toyed with the police, right? Yeah, toyed, wrote detectives. Like, yes, definitely gave created hints, puzzles. But, yeah, was no, yeah. I mean, even the whole Zodiac thing was quite a puzzle. Like I said, still at large unknown. And does that that happen around the sixties and seventies? But I paired them because they're both David Fincher films, but yeah. two different styles. I mean, I think of Seven as probably a top ten, like of my all-time favorite movies like movies in, in general of, yeah movies in general gotcha. just being amazing so um i thought those two were they're pretty serious though that they're, they're not slashies gotcha all right very good marco sure so for the first one i went with 1986 henry portrait of a serial killer and then to go with that i went with 1989's sea of love now let me read you the imd tribune's summary or, or, or plot line of both these movies uh, Henry, a drifter, commits a series of brutal murders supposedly operating with impunity. Doesn't really tell you much. A detective investigating a series of murders becomes involved with a woman who may be the culprit. So with those great descriptions, I, I'm sure you can't wait to see them. Nice. I actually did see Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer this week for the first time. Oh, yeah. And that, like you said, Sean, very bleak. It's, and it's pretty intense. Yeah, Michael Rooker yeah. Um, may be one of the best performances of his career. Yeah. And I watched... Not sea counting of, Cliffhanger. <clears throat> I watched Sea of Love this week as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought Ellen Barkin was fantastic in She's that great movie. Anyway. I'm not a huge Pacino fan, but I thought it was pretty good. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, he did do one of his outrageous, really loud yelling mm -hmm. into the camera scenes, <laughs> mm -hmm. but for the most part, it was uh, it was a, it was pretty cool, and uh, I like that song, so <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> Great, <laughs> but yeah, Rooker does spoilers. Rooker is the killer. He shows up at the end, and uh, hmm. in both films, well, he's the killer in the in obviously Henry, he, there's no there's no like yeah. hiding it in and, Henry portrait of a serial killer and it's um, based on real life serial killer Henry Lee Lucas yes. and Otis Toole who uh, abducted women in a windowless van. He did such a good job. I saw that movie when I was probably 14 and it scared the living mm. shit out of me. And I every time I saw Michael Rooker, it took me forever to take him um, not as like secretly a ser serial killer, you know, or <laughs> see someone. Yeah. Like now that. it's just Merle from The Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> Much All right. better. Very good, Mark. And Chelsea, you're going next? Yeah. Um, I have 2003's Monster, 
And I'm pairing that with 2017's My Friend Dahmer. Mm-hmm. And I picked both of these because they kind of show the the fuse that was lit that sort of created these two iconic serial killers. Uh, and now, I just thought it was an interesting take. Monster is the one with Charlize Theron yes. and Patton Oswalt. No, that, Chris, that's, that's Christina Ricci. Oswald. <laughs> uh, Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci. Um, Patton Oswalt was in uh, Young Adult or something like yeah. that with her. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's my turn. Yep. All right, so I've got uh, two kind of serial killer road movies. Uh, the first is Natural Born Killers from 1994, directed by Oliver Stone and written by Quentin Tarantino, based on a story by Tarantino. It's got a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. I feel like it could be a little higher. Uh, Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis are two young, attractive serial killers who become tabloid TV darlings thanks to a, sen- a sensationalistic press led by Robert Downey Jr., The press reports the pair as they go on a 52-people killing spree, a controversial look at the way the media reports criminals. And then I'm pairing that with a movie that came out one year earlier called California, and it's spelled with a K, uh, from 1993, 59% on Rotten Tomatoes, directed by Dominic Sena, S-E-N-A, Sena. Brian Kessler, played by David Duchovny, is a writer, and his girlfriend, Carrie Laughlin, played by... Michelle Forbes is a photographer. They're working on a book about serial killers and planning a trip across the country to document the sites of famous serial murders. To cut costs, they set up a rideshare with strangers. Early Gracie, played by Brad Pitt, and his girlfriend Adele Adele Corners, played by Juliette Lewis. But what they don't know is that Early is a violent sociopath in the middle of his own serial killing spree. Um, Very similar themes in this movie, a lot along the lines of what we were talking about, the media and how it's portraying these actions, but also you've got Juliette Lewis in both. So that's my double feature. And Sean? So I caught wind of your double feature early on and I wanted Sorry. to, to Excuse do... Sorry, <laughs> It's fragrant, fragrant wind. Uh, so I picked uh, two films that kind of play on the same themes that yours do. Mine first is uh, 1992's Man Bites Dog. Okay. This won the Director's Prize at Cannes when it came out, and it is a stark, disturbing uh, portrayal of a serial killer being followed by a uh, documentary crew okay. in Paris. And the documentary crew really blurs the line between participating and being an observer. Um, it's the, the, the main character, uh, played by... Uh, uh, Benoit Paul Vourde. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> he's great because he's obviously a very intelligent killer. Yeah. And um, he likes, he, he, he fits that mold of I'm outsmarting the cops, much like the Zodiac killer. You know, I, I'm, I'm too good to be tracked down. And so for him to be so brash as to put himself on in a documentary and try to involve the documentarians in his activities is pretty pretty weird but if you've never seen it i would recommend it it's okay. very much in the same vein of natural born killers right the other film uh is a road film too it's called american perfect with a k in perfect, perfect with a k oh. uh and this stars Amer- amanda Plummer, uh robert forster and david thulis uh rest in peace robert forster yeah uh david thwillies 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 um so forrest oh and Fruz the box in it as well ah very and it's, from, salt. it's from 1997 and Plummer plays a woman who gets run off the road by some dude who like he pulls up beside her in a 
station wagon on the desert highway and he's got like a mirror and it's like blinding her and okay. she like runs off the road and this guy comes to her rescue uh played by forster and he's a um he's a psychologist a criminal psychologist and he's making all of his decisions with the flip of a coin oh. because he thought it would be a clever thing to do and it'd be fun to see where it takes him and um no country for old men kind of yeah and so it starts it becomes a really dark story of con artists and double dealing and people who are duplicitous and uh it's not as good as the premise unfortunately okay. i was really disappointed in how it ended uh but however i can heartedly recommend uh man bikes dog nice how about you guys recommends oh yeah definitely seven and zodiac uh, Marka <laughs> recommends, but they're they're pretty depressing movies. Indeed, so. Chelsea. Yes. <laughs> All right, so that will wrap us up on the midnight double feature and bring us to the recast. And this is where we pre-select a movie and we talk about it a little bit, and then hypothetically recast a few of the main roles. And the first film is going to be Badlands from 1973. He was 25 years old. He combed his hair like James Dean. He was very fastidious. People who littered bothered him. She was 15. She took music lessons and could twirl a baton. I'm kid. I'm not keeping you from anything important, am I? No. She wasn't very popular at school. For a while, they lived together in a treehouse. In 1959, they murdered a lot of people. Of course, I had to keep all this a secret from my dad. He would have had a fit since Kit was 10 years older than me and came from the wrong side of the track, so-called. I don't want you to hang around anymore. I don't want to see you again. Understand? Then, sure enough, Dad found out I'd been running around behind his back. He was madder than I'd ever seen him. He made me take extra music lessons every day after school and wait there till he came to pick me up. He said that if the piano didn't keep me off the streets, maybe the clarinet would. My girl Holly and I decided to kill ourselves, same way I did her dad. Nobody's coming out of this thing happy, especially not us. I can't deny we've had fun, though. We hid out in the wilderness, down by a river in a grove of cottonwoods. It being the flood season, we built our house in the trees. We planned a huge network of tunnels under the forest floor, and our first order of business every morning was to decide on a new password. He gave me lectures on how a gun works, how to take it apart and put it back together again in case I had to carry on without him. He said that if the devil came at me, I could shoot him with a gun. Listen to your parents and teachers. They got a line on most things, so don't treat them like enemies. There's always an outside chance you can learn something. Try to keep an open mind. Try to understand the viewpoints of others. Think I got them? I don't know. Well, I'm not going down there and look. Consider the minority opinion, but try to get along with the majority of opinion once it's accepted. Of course, Holly and I have had fun, even if it has been rushed. So far, we're doing fine. Hadn't got caught. Excuse the grammar. Directed by Terrence Mallet, it's got a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Do you think it it uh, holds up to that, guys? No. I think it's cliche, but it's better than the sum of its parts. Okay. Like, at the end of the movie, I thought I, I enjoyed myself, but while I was watching, I was like, this is okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, inspired by real-life killers Charles Starkweather and Carol Ann Fugit, the tale of crime and love begins in a dead-end town. Teenage girl... In what state? 
<laughs> oh, in Montana? No. It's well, they they go across the Badlands they of Montana. They go to Montana. Teenage girl, Sissy SpaceX. It's in South Dakota. Oh. <laughs> Teenage girl Holly, played by Sissy SpaceX, angers her father, played by Warren Oates, when she begins dating an older and rebellious boy, played by Martin Sheen. After a conflict between Holly and her father erupts in murder, the young lovers are forced to flee. In the ensuing crime sp spree, they journey through the Midwest to the Badlands of Montana, eluding authorities along the way. Other thoughts? I like the use of music in this movie. I thought okay. it really helped uh, elevate this movie into something yeah. better than what it was on the surface. Um, I'm not a huge fan of narration to the degree that it was in this movie, but I didn't mind Sissy yeah. Spacek. Cause... It gave me like like little the little bit of conversation. Like the narration was narration heavy. Yeah. Um, it the music, the visual, that part gave me kind of like almost if they were were to remake this today it would almost be like drive mm -hmm. do you know what i mean that yeah. movie drive like they'd have to do it so s simple with expressions and well what the and narration everything. did do for me is that it showed uh martin sheen's character as she viewed she, him yeah because he's a piece of shit right mm -hmm. yeah. but to hear her talk about him he was this very, very you know, amoral and, yeah and granted as you saw when he interacted with the police officers he's charismatic at the end, he's yeah. very charismatic they, they all were eating his shit oh, yeah. oh my gosh i was like He's just giving pins out. They're yeah. shaking his hand. He killed how many people? Exactly. Like, it was, yeah, it was nuts. Was it Terrence Malick's first film or does anyone know? I, I don't know. I don't think it was his first. I went back and looked. I was really surprised at mm. the big gaps in his directing career. Okay, yeah. Even though he's produced tons of stuff. It sounded like they had Written. a lot of issues with this film, uh, with production in terms mm. of finding cinematographers, someone... One of the stuntmen was badly burned during one of the a, a fire. Oh yeah. Um, some of the I think the film was destroyed. It was all kinds of hmm. nuts stuff happening Troubled at the time production. in 1973 of all. Mm, yeah. Here, so very cool. All right, let's get into the roles that we're going to recast. First, we've got Holly played by Sissy Spacek, who was 24 at the time. Then we've got Kit played by Martin Sheen, who was 33. Then we've got Father played by Warren Oates, who was 45. And then Cato, played by Ramon Bieri, who was 44. I was not super familiar with Sissy Spacek going into this, but she sure is captivating. She really did a, a good job yeah. in this movie. Yeah, that was nice. Um, so, um, especially in Badlands. However, um, the age difference is the biggest defining feature for me between the two, two leads. So with that in mind, I'm picking Sally Draper herself, and more recently from The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Kiernan Shipka. Okay. As the sissy SpaceX stand-in. Right on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving on. Hillary? Um, <clears throat> I was familiar with sissy SpaceX, coal miner's daughter, Carrie, yeah. of mm -hmm. course. Um, Carrie, right. So she always had this kind of non-traditional beauty about her. Um, great actress. I went with this actress named Thomasine McKenzie. Hmm. Um, you know her from Jojo Rabbit. Um, oh, okay. The King... Uh, uh, Leave No Trace, I think. Is I watched thing. Leave No Trace. That's pretty um, good. But she's got that quiet, calm kind of. Yeah. No I chopped frills her a few weeks it. ago. She's great. Yeah. So. All right. Good job. You guys are tag teaming your recaps, right? right? Uh, Batman and Robin conspired on <laughs> yes. this week's. So I'm going to take the first <laughs> round, and uh, Chelsea's going to do the second round, the second recast. Okay, that movies. works. 
So uh, let's see. We're going with Sissy Spacek, who is 24. Is that what we decided? Yeah, that she mm-hmm. was 24 playing 15. I went with a 21-year-old, um, and uh, she is known for the current Netflix series Grand Army. Hmm. And uh, she was in The D-Cut, as well as Cardinal. That's a lot of current television that she's got out right now. Um, and she was in a series called Lost and Found Music Studios. Her name is Kira Graves. Kira Graves. Oh, no, that show's called The D-Cup. The D-Cup. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's on a different channel. <laughs> All right. So my pick for Holly is 35 now. Uh, she was in a movie called Stucco. She was on Marvel's The Defenders, and she's in a movie called Little Murder. Her name is Deborah Ann Wall. Deborah yeah. Ann True Blood, Wall. yes. Mm. Oh, you don't say. You don't say she's in True Blood. <laughs> oh. So next up, we've <laughs> she got She snipped Kit. out the theme already. <laughs> <laughs> next, we've got Kit, played by Martin Sheen, who was 33. Okay. Hillary, who is your pick for this one? Okay, so I was really shocked at how absolutely like adorable Martin Sheen was in this movie. He looks like Emilio Estevez from The Breakfast Club. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Jean jacket and everything. He was 33, right? He That's was, what I got. 30, he, yeah. was he looked 30, younger than that. He was supposed to be playing a 25-year-old. It was written, He supposedly the character was supposed to be 19 originally, but they really wanted Martin Sheen, so they upped his age to make it look plausible. You know, plausible. Um, I went with Zac Efron. Because <laughs> <All right. laughs> no, he looks he looks good, you know, in a jean jacket too, the paper boy kind of vibes. And um, recently played Ted sh- Bundy. I was about to yeah. say he's vile and shockingly evil. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, he's thirty three years old right now, so he's the same age as Martin Sheen was, and I think he still has a little bit of the baby look about he him does, and yeah. can pull off playing a twenty something year old. And uh, have you seen that new show he's got where he goes around and tries different foods from different no, places? No, it looked interesting, yeah, though. He seems like he might be kind of a nice guy in He person. seems nice, but he know. also just comes off really dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's okay. He's an actor. He doesn't have to do much. Just, you know, keep All right. that, that shape in this picture right here that I'm holding going on. Good you're job. Good. Uh, All right, Marco, you're up? Sure. So I chose somebody that is also 33. I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on him. Paul Dano. Paul Dano. From There Will Be Blood. And, yeah, but he's um, not attractive. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's he definitely has a kind a of serial killer vibe, though. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, yeah. Also, he's going to be who in the, the Batman? Oh, he's the Riddler? I think he's the Riddler. He's the Riddler, yeah. yeah. The Batman. That would make sense. Make a lot yeah. of sense, yeah. And he was great in There Will Be Blood as the religious shyster mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Sean, it's on you. All right, my actor is... 34 years old. Okay. Sorry, I can't see that far. Um, He was in The Social Network, The Man from Uncle, The Lone Ranger, Call Me By Your Name. He's the uh, heir to the Arm and Hammer fortune. Yes. And with Army Hammer. Hell yeah. (laughs) Oh, do we need to pause so you can get your readers? No. Okay. Okay. Uh, All right. My turn. I've got uh, an actor who's 43 now. Hmm. He's in Dead Silence, The Hurricane Heist. And Northman, a Viking saga. His name is Ryan Quantin. Ryan oh, yeah. Quantin. 
He was in True Blood. He's also oh, he's in, in True Blood. Blood. Yeah, <laughs> and he's an Australian actor, but he can do American accents. He does. As we he saw. did one of the best Southern accents I yeah. thought on that show. Honestly, there were some uh, bad Southern accents. Yeah. Yeah. There really were. Like, <laughs> how did the Swedish guy and the Sugar. Australian guy have the best? Well, no, For he real. didn't even. Beal. The Swedish one didn't do a Southern accent. Warren Oates. Next up. Is that next? All right. Father. So we've got Father, played by Warren Oates, who was 45 at the time. And uh, just so I don't get super confused, we're going to keep that direction going. So, Hillary, will you go? Yes. Um, father was <laughs> the picture I have of him. He is kind of an interesting looking fellow. Um, <laughs> something about him was giving me uh, that movie, 1922. Did y'all see the Netflix movie, 1922, Stephen King? Um, based I did not. Movie. Yeah. Thomas Jane in that movie. Ah. And by the way, Thomas Jane is 51. One years old? Yeah. Can you believe God. that? Yeah. Have you, seen, have you seen Money Plane? Oh, no. no. Did he look rough on that? Yeah, he's kind of rounded a corner. And yeah, it's yeah. Well, he's done. rounded that corner into father. He just needs that questionable, <laughs> um, like, pencil mustache going on, and he's there. You know? So. Right on. Um, Marco, who's your faja? Speaking of rounding a cor- corner, I chose um, Russell Crowe. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, that's round, all right. That's a round corner. As also the, Australian. Uh, dog-killing, sign-painting dad. They're, this movie basically had two characters in it anyway. Yeah. 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 Oh. All right. Sean? Um, my actor is 56 years old. Went a little older. Um, he was in Alice in Wonderland. He was in... American Gods, Back to the Future, and, and uh, River's Edge. I went with Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. Mm. Right on. My actor yeah. is 51 now. He was in The Fault in Our Stars and Crazy Kind of Love, as well as True Blood as Sam Merlot. His name is Sam Trammell. Ah, Sam Trammell is going to yes. be the father. I thought that was... Uh, so easy of them to just change the order of the letters in his last name for his character. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, finally, we've got Cato, uh, played by Ramon Bieri, who was 44 at the time. And Hillary, your pick? Oh, this was simple. I went just based on like looks, kind of, and Horatio Sands from <laughs> SNL. <Yes. laughs> this like is my, my friendly uh, tra- neighborhood trash man who's. You know. Very good. Marco. And I like the idea of some stunt casting for a lovable goof like DJ Khaled. <laughs> That's another one. <laughs> he also had a family member murdered. Oh, God. I left him off the list. Well, he belongs here. <laughs> All right, Sean, your pick. Uh, my pick is um, 38 years old, and he has been in things like uh, Ferdinand, Blind Spotting, Wonder. And of course, Hamilton. I'm with David Diggs. Ah. I, I say I. I should say we. Yes. And uh, there He's was great. There was a theme this in this round. Can you detect the theme? Was it True Blood? No. Oh, what was it? <laughs> that would have been amazing. What was it? Tell me. You have Diggs, uh-huh. Glover, Hammer, and Graves. Oh, <laughs> look at that! They're all Ooh. like murder and disposal yeah. of bodies, and yeah. His new clip album is supposed to be good. David Diggs just came out with a new album, like, yesterday. Yeah? It's supposed to be good, yeah. Too bad we can't sample it on this show. Aw. Uh, the premium stream. My uh, my actor is 39. He was in Suicide Squad, Child of God, and Fury. 
His name is Jim Parek, P-A-R-R-A-C-K, Jim who did he, he play on Suicide Squad? I don't know. Okay, uh, I think he was. I think he was like a government agent or ah, something yeah. like mm-hmm. that. Um, but he was he was Hoyt on True Blood. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Hoyt. Oh yeah. I was like, he looks. It's from True Blood, <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So it sounds like you guys were kind of lukewarm on this one. I really liked. it. I liked it as well. No, I mean, I I I liked it. Would you? Mm-hmm. I get why. Um, it's you know in the National Library of right. Congress. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like I'll, your your pick, Natural Born Killers, mm-hmm. had a lot of Very Badlands. So, like yes. it's probably inspired so many, and I, I with our next movie, I feel mm-hmm. the same way. Yeah, um, inspired a lot of other movies, kind of similar to this, um, in some way or another. So, yeah, I think it's worth a watch. It's a but yeah. it's more of a like the sum of its parts are greater. You know, gotcha. put together, yeah, gotcha. it's pretty good. All right, so that's going to bring us into intermission, but not before we say, let's, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some cereal. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chop Shoppers, thank you for bearing with us during intermission. This is your host, Travis, and I just have one question for you, Sean. What is one way we could make our podcast more prominent? Oh, if our listeners would rate and review us on iTunes. Rate, review, and subscribe to us oh, yeah, subscribe. on iTunes. And, or and, and pin your friends down and enforce them to do it. Make them go ahead and do a review. We're very under like, like, like Make it a whole pyramid scheme. Get the people under them yeah. to do it. And multiply. A podsy scheme. Oh, I like it. Yes. You folks who are listening right now, it would be fantastic if while you're listening or right after, you don't have to stop the show, don't stop the show. But if afterwards you could go to iTunes and give us a review or a rating, that would be awesome as well. Or on whatever uh, podcatcher app it is that you're listening to us. We're on a few of them. And also, uh, be aware of our online presence. We have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash cinemachopshop. We're hosted natively online on Podbean. It's cinemachopshop on Podbean. And our Twitter handle is at cinemachopshop. We do a lot of stuff on there, like our movie marathon, where Sean consistently kicks my ass. Also, our uh, email address is cinemachopshop at gmail.com. You can email us anytime. We check it frequently. The beers that we check in after intermission, you're about to find out about some, are always checked in on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And we are Cinema Chop Shop on there. Once again, thank you to you, the listeners. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the rest of the show. And now, on with the show. And we're back. Thank you, Chop Shoppers, for bearing with us during intermission. Uh, Hillary peed in the yard. And when we come back... (laughs) When we come back... It's on my ring camera. (laughs) Is it really? Ow. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) When we come back from intermission, what do we like to do, Sean? We're going to do beer check-ins. And we are going to crack these open simultaneously. This is going to be an on-theme beer. This is from 13 Stripes up in the uh, upstate. This Uh is called Townsend. It's a nitro pale ale, and it's since it's on nitro, they said to shake it up. I just tumbled mine. And we're going to see what happens. Oh, they both sound good, though. That it sounded sound awesome. You pour yourself some this is going to be a low ABV ale. I would imagine it's going to be very similar to a Boddington's, if uh-huh. you've ever had one of those. A lot of 
Oh, that's pretty. Should there's be very of, smooth. There's a lot of cascading of action on the bubbles. In honor of our peers, a tip of the hat to the uh, Serial Killer podcast, I'm going to explain why this is an on-theme beer. The beer called Townsend. Our peers being the girls from My Favorite Murder. Yes. Daniel J. LaPlante is an American convicted murderer serving multiple life sentences for the 1987 murders of Priscilla Gustafson and her two children in Townsend, Massachusetts. Uh, LaPlante lived with his mother and stepfather while growing up in Townsend. LaPlante was sexually and psychologically abused by many adults in his life. His father was responsible for the majority. Uh, He struggled in school. He was diagnosed with dyslexia at an early age. His classmates called him creepy and weird. And as a teenager, he was referred to a psychiatrist because of his abnormal behavior, his appearance, and his lack of hygiene. It would be funny if he was referred to as a psychiatrist. As a teen, he would break into people's (laughs) homes. Kids are so mean. (laughs) Fucking psychiatrist. As a teen, he would break into people's homes, take their possessions, and sometimes move things around to make it obvious someone Mm. had been there. Creepy. Um, In 86, he obtained a phone number and address he thought belonged to one of his previous burglary victims. But in truth, it was a family of three, Brian Andrews and his two daughters, Annie and Jessica, who happened to be his age. Oh, wow. Uh, He began to stalk the daughters. He uh, broke into the house and found a crawl space and lived in the walls for two months, tormenting the girls. Two months. Fuck. Um, Eventually, the father encountered LaPlante in Annie's room wearing a dress and a wig, carrying a hatchet with which he attempted to attack Andrews. The police investigated and found LaPlante, who was arrested and charged with several crimes. I think he was still a minor, though. I think he went to juvie. <laughs> yeah, the juvie treatment. In 87, that, that helped. <laughs> yeah, in 87, LaPlante entered the Townsend home of Priscilla Gustafson, a nursery school teacher. Gustafson, who was pregnant, was found face down on her bed, her pillows covered in her blood. LaPlante had raped her and shot her multiple times at point-blank range. LaPlante drowned both of her children in separate bedrooms. So, yeah, he continues on after that outside of towns in Massachusetts. And then, uh, you know, they finally caught him. He went to jail and uh, he uh, he's dead. He's dead, you know. So there you go. Well, good. Like I said, nothing but good times on this episode. Good times and good vibes, baby. (laughs) Thank goodness we didn't do devil movies. Uh, I think maybe I should have shaken it more because mine's very... This is truly like a still beer, like a a pub-style beer where they they hand pump it. Like an actual... Um, I applaud them for trying to mimic the style. It's not one that I would actively seek out. The flavor to me reminds me more of like a Killian's. I get a lot of like copper notes. Copper tones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a metallic. Yeah. SPF 5. Like. (laughs) Not a fan, but uh, it was worth the story. (laughs) Indeed. All right. So let's go ahead and get into our next segment, which is the 2020 movie marathon. As of this recording, it is the 304th day of the year, and I'm on number 358. Sean, where are you? I'm on 375. All right. Nice. Crossing that finish line and just kept on going, huh? I'm on 295. Good job. All right. And what is your first check-in going to be, Sean? I'm going with uh, kind of the granddaddy of uh, the serial killer films. I went with uh, Fritz Long's M. Okay. This is the film, the German film starring uh, Peter Lorre. What's Lurie. the rest of the title? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Peter Lorre is the uh, the serial killer in this film. Uh, it's a masterpiece of suspense and social commentary. It's pretty much the template for Law and Order. Okay. When you think about it, uh, the crime, the manhunt, the debate of what's the appropriate punishment, and then what's the justice for the people who have been killed, and it follows that template nicely, and uh, it kind of really turns the mirror on 
crowd mob rule vigilante justice because uh, they were so pissed off about the inactions of the police they kind of took matters into their own hands that is scary however it was really led and spearheaded by organized crime because this guy was cutting into their business by making everybody stay in and scared nobody wanted to get out and do debauchery just like the Democrats are trying to do that's right damn masks you tell them my first check-in for this week yeah. is going to be one we spoke about on last week's episode, but watched almost immediately following the episode, and that is going to be Borat's subsequent movie film from 2020. Did anybody else get a chance to check this out? Yes. What were the other titles they used? Um, for to give pornographic monkey to premier, Vice Premier Pence. <laughs> Um, they had like three or four of them, Yeah, right? they did. Yeah. It kept changing throughout as their plans would change. Uh, so I thought it was funny. Granted, not as groundbreaking or unscripted as the, the first movie 14 years ago, but I did laugh, and it is more timely now than ever. They really went after Trump and his cronies. I enjoyed it. I thought the, uh, the girl that played his daughter, daughter. was just she, great. She kind of stole the show, really. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, think she, I think that was necessary because... Mm-hmm. You know, you see the scenes where they're like, hey, Borat, Borat, yeah. Borat. Yeah. And he had to, like, disguise really, himself. So they were onto his shtick. And I was really still surprised that there were people that were mm-hmm. available to get schnookered by him. Uh-huh. The fax I mean, machine store. Chelsea, your thoughts? <coughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> your next one, Sean? Time's up. All right. Here we go. I'm going to check in 1980s Fade to Black. Okay. This is a great concept for a movie just Poorly, poorly executed. Okay, it's about a movie buff who's turned into a serial killer. Did Metallica do the entire soundtrack? No, they did not. Essentially, he decides to kill everybody that he deems has done him wrong, and each kill has a movie theme to it. Think like you know Hitchcock type scenes or ah. or gangster films, you know that kind of deal. Mm-hmm. It was not quite horror comedy. It was kind of tongue in cheek. Uh, but the bonus was the lead actor uh, bears a passing resemblance to Anthony Perkins and Roddy McDowell. Okay. So it really helps feed that kind of guy kind of uh, punching above his weight class. You know, people are really giving him shit. And he's, you know, just a dork. But uh, I liked it. I thought it was kind of neat. But uh, it could probably be a much better film if it was uh, done in seriousness. Okay. I like the psychosis. Yeah, I like the I like the concept, like you were saying, uh, and it it does apply very well to this show. Next, I've got three fifty four, and it's called Direct to Video, Straight to Video Horror of the nineteen nineties, and this movie came out in twenty nineteen. It's a documentary about the super low budget uh, direct to DVD horror films that they just pumped them out in the nineteen nineties. And also, today I learned that James Gunn got his start working for Troma and under its co-founder and his mentor, Lloyd Kaufman. Have you guys uh, seen any any of the James Gunn movies? <laughs> I can't. I don't know which ones he did for Troma. Yeah. I've seen some Troma flicks. He did Tromeo and Juliet. I've seen Definitely that. I've yeah. heard that one. I've seen a, a shit ton of Troma movies uh-huh. when I was in high school, so probably most definitely. Chances are. Yes. All right. Sean, you got another one for All us? All right, final check-in. It's going to be The Stepfather. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the movie itself is uh, for teens. And don't trust your parents. Definitely don't trust your step-parents. <laughs> However, as a serial killer film, the opening scene of Terry O'Quinn very calmly trimming his hair and shaving 
his beard and then getting dressed in a business suit, walking down the stairs mm-hmm. to a living room full of dead bodies and blood. Hmm. And then just going out the door to begin his next identity in another home was creepy as shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I really enjoyed that aspect of the movie. The wheels do kind of fall off at the yeah. end. It becomes pretty ridiculous. But uh, always considered it a pretty solid, like kind of, you know, low grade. Yeah, movie, I mean, it, it, it's yeah. got it's got the skeleton. It's yeah, it's got the skeleton of a really cool movie and it was good enough to spawn how you said three other there's at least four of them yeah Yeah. so uh i I, it was fun i liked it you know that for anybody who doesn't know the name terry o'quinn i was gonna say yes he was the wheelchair guy from lost and he was also howard hughes in the rocketeer and the dad in the cutting edge all right i've got one more and it's gonna be oh one i just watched last night speaking of dylan mcdermott it's called the clove hitch killer uh a chilling performance by McDermott and another impressive outing from Charlie Plummer, who's the co-star of that movie Spontaneous I talked about a few few weeks ago. This, of course, is an earlier performance from him, but I think he's probably going to be a, a pretty big deal as he proceeds in his career. The performance from McDermott is very chilling because he, he has the auspices of this all-American dad. He's the Boy Scout troop leader, um, and he's really into knots like a yep. clove hitch knot mm. and so it, yeah. uh, that was like the first clue but then his son charlie Plummer's character finds a cache of like bondage uh pictures and stuff yep. and so he starts putting things together i haven't seen it in a while but i did i remember enjoying it also. i was surprised um, i'll have to check that out i I, th- I feel like dylan mcdermott's been kind of building up for a while with this the mcdermott well, yeah, mm. with American Horror Story and everything like that. He yeah. he's got that kind of role. He can switch it from the yeah to nice, mm-hmm. you know, Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, and it works well for him. It's he's finding a little niche, if you will. Like uh, Chelsea, you have something you want to check in? Yeah, I have one. Okay, um, it's from 2013. It's called Frozen Ground. Frozen with Ground. Nicholas Cage, John Cusack, and Vanessa Hudgens. I think I've seen this. I never heard of it, and I randomly saw it when I was just looking for serial killer movies. Um, I was really impressed by it. Okay. It's about this killer in Alaska, um, Robert Hansen, who kidnaps prostitutes and kills them. And this guy is fucking twisted. Okay. Um, keeps them for like about a week and then takes them to his cabin like further secluded. He's a pilot, so he puts them on a plane. I don't basically, think I have seen this. Basically makes them think that he's going to let them go and like for a while like they're running and you can see the relief kind of come over them and then he fucking hunts them like just oh god now this has to be wow. the Ugh. only time that two of my favorite actors john cusack and nicholas cage have crossed paths in one movie. i did not know this was a thing and nicholas cage is so subtle in it uh-huh it's fucking great how many times what do you mean have they crossed paths? No, I'm yeah. saying the only time. Uh, Con, no, Con, Con Air? Air. They were in Con Air together. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Two times. Two times. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, it was a different have, time. Uh, Mark or Hillary, have either of you seen anything recently you want to tell us about? Um, you know, Borat. I, I watched this movie called Spiral that I thought was a pretty okay. solid slow burn kind of thriller horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, I guess, could be in the, the queer... Film genre, gotcha. if you will. Um, Jeffrey Bowman, Chap, Bo- Chadwick Boseman. No, Jeffrey Chapman. I can't. I don't. I didn't write his name down. Mark David Chapman. 
Nope, that's not it. Um, <laughs> Charlie Chaplin. I'm butchering his name. I can see his face. Anyways, he's pretty solid in it. And then um, we saw Save he's Yourselves. Here. I thought that was pretty good. Marco? Yeah, uh, the new Borat movie was great. And then apparently there's a new The Craft movie that came uh-huh. out a day yeah. or two ago. The Craft Legacy. <laughs> the Craft Legacy. So it's actually a sequel. Yeah. Apparently it's quite bad. I haven't seen it yet, but it's uh, on well, my radar. The first oh, one yeah. was the only good one. They've made other sequels oh, to The Craft. Oh, yeah. just The Craft. I, I could be wrong. Dana, correct me if so. And let's go ahead and get the paperwork moving on that sex bot. Um, (laughs) So does that wrap us up on the 2020 movie marathon? All right. So that brings us to the second part of our feature segment, which is the recast continued. Part two. The sequel. Killing again and again. Subsequent crimes. Uh, And the movie that we're going to be talking about now is The Hitcher from 1986, directed by Robert Harmon. And it's got a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, full disclosure, this has been remade, but we're going to do a better job. Maybe. (laughs) While transporting a car from Chicago to San Diego, Jim Halsey, played by C. Thomas Howell, picks up a hitchhiker named John Ryder, played by Rudger Hauer, who claims to be a serial killer. After a daring escape, Jim hopes to never see Ryder again. But when he witnesses the hitcher murdering an entire family... Jim pursues Ryder with the help of a truck stop waitress named Nash, played by Jennifer Jason Lee, pitting the rivals against each other in a deadly series of car chases and brutal murders. I think it should probably be mentioned that the, the hitcher has basically set him up this entire oh, yeah, time. Right, right. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So he's kind of tied to it. He can't just walk away. True. It, he's being pit, he's being yeah. framed. Speaking so the, of tied to it, how about that Jennifer that, Jason? Oh, come on now. <laughs> For the longest time, I wondered if the Hitcher was even real. I thought it was like a figment of his imagination. You said that, and that put that in my head. So the whole time I was watching it, I was trying to figure that out, too. I've literally seen, and I want to say it's some sort of Lifetime movie or something with John Stamos that's very similar to that, that it actually is a, a figment okay. of hmm. his imagination that's basically haunting him all night in the form of a hitchhiker. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was called Fuller House. (laughs) 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 Okay. (laughs) All right. So uh, the roles that we're going to recast, we've got Jim Halsey, played by C. Thomas Howell. He was 20 at the time. Then we've got uh, Rudger Hauer's character, John Ryder. And Rudger Hauer was 42. And then finally, Nash, played by Jennifer Jason Lee, who was 24. And Chelsea, do you want to go first with your pick for the C. Thomas Howell character? Yeah, sure. Uh, my actor is uh, super well-known, world-renowned. Um, he was in a thing called Bajillionaires. That's new, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Queen's Gambit. Oh, I was just watching this with my lovely wife, Michelle. And with an E, Rain. Um, his name is Alec Dahmer from Cambridge, Ontario, Canada. His last name's Dahmer? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Oh my He's goodness, is there going to be a theme? <laughs> Very cool. All right, Hillary? I went with... Um, Someone, because you watch this movie and this guy is at one point he's got a gun in his mouth. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's having a, a tough, you know, drive. It's a rough day. <laughs> it's a tough day <laughs> for him. Um, so I went with an actor. He's in a lot of things. Um, 13 Reasons Why is probably his mm-hmm. big to date, but I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys ever saw that movie, uh, Don't Breathe. Yes. I'm convinced oh, yeah. they didn't tell him they were filming a horror movie and he just showed up and was actually that scared through the whole movie. <laughs> he is just terrified and wow. he nailed that scared. 
look. So yes. I went with Dylan Minette. Is that Dylan Minette? Yeah. yeah. He yeah he's creepy as fuck. I yeah. think he might In... be a serial killer. In yeah, like <laughs> in real life. if you. I mean, he was. I've seen a couple of things with him, and he is intense. He has some. He's just got that weird disconnected kind of quality about him. Like yeah. I just. It's like he just doesn't fit in. Which doesn't... I mean, I, I feel like C. Thomas Howell is more like the, the boy next door. Nice job. Marco? Sure. So I feel like um, basically uh, Jim Halsey was bullied more or less through this entire mm-hmm. movie. And for that, I chose a Netflix horror comedy, The Babysitter, and then the sequel, The Babysitter Killer Queen, which was much, much, much worse. <laughs> I chose Judah Lewis. Hello, okay, because yeah. you can see this guy getting bullied by yeah. For a murderer. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Also, can anyone tell me what a drive-away car is? When the police were interrogating him in the third it's, act of the movie, it's when you deliver a car. Okay. to someplace other than it just seemed really anachronistic to me. You know, it yeah. did seem really <laughs> like, old school. Like, a just, drive-away, just, car. just put car. it on a truck trailer and and <laughs> yeah. haul it. No, it yeah. made me think of one of uh, my favorite books, Norwood by Charles Portis. This whole thing, because he uh, does pick up hitchhikers and okay. stuff even throughout it. But that's <clears throat> a little side note. I, gotcha. I, All right, so my turn. Yep. So. Um, I like how you you went with a bullied theme, and I think that would work for my actor as well. I definitely threw age out the window for this one. Um, my actor was in Strange Brew, Little Shop of Horrors, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I oh, went with Rick Moranis. That's yes. such a low blow. He just got punched in the just face. Got in the <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's a little old for that role. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we can think of it as like a, a sequel. Down I actually the road. could see it, him like working as that character, mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. a different yep. age. I just wanted to drive, man. <laughs> drive away car driver. Next, we've got John Ryder, played by Rudger Hauer, who was 42 at the time. Chelsea, what were you thinking about for this one? Uh, so my actor is 39. He was in Unicorn Store, the Veronica Mars movie, um, the 2009 Friday the 13th, and G.I. Joe Retaliation. Um, I went with Ryan Hansen. Okay. You, you'd probably know him from... Um, the band Hansen. Yeah, that one. <laughs> what was the name of the sh- Burning Love? Burning Love. Burning Love. Mm. The fake reality yeah. show that uh, June Diane Raphael was in. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, Hillary, your your go. Okay, I'm going to butcher his name. Um, I went with an actor who kind of gave me that the Rutger Hauer vibes. Mm-hmm. Those those eyes are intense, man. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, and he's a little softer, I would say, but he, he still has those intense eyes and he plays crazy pretty well. Neil McDonough? Neil, Neil McDonough. McDonough. Neil McDonough, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure he's been cast before in roles. He was in Ravenous. We mentioned that movie earlier. Um, oh, yeah. Minority Report, Justified, Captain America, as well as the remake of The Hitcher. Oh, no shit. Oh. <laughs> and he played the lieutenant. Oh. And that that version that came out what early two thousands late nineties I, I, I think it was like I think it was early two thousands yeah so I recast him mm. I, I didn't realize he was in that movie when I very had good mindset on him so all right over to you Mark so we kind of already have the perfect recasting with Sean Bean in the two thousand seven remake as the Hitcher uh-huh. which, so I'm not going to go that direction I so. didn't realize he was in that That's yeah cool. I was going to say Sean Bean does he was die the, at the end I mean he the was the Hitcher guy. so. <laughs> So instead, I, I threw all plausibility out the window, and I chose seventy-six-year-old, four-foot-ten 
Danny DeVito. Yes. Dr. Oh, <laughs> yes. Howard relied on the element of surprise a lot throughout Leslie the movie. Jordan, and I was going to say, that's even better. That is fun. That's a lot of fun. Who wouldn't be terrified if Danny DeVito came at you? Especially like, like he's being birthed by that couch in Holy Sunday. Yes, exactly. He needs to be pure. Mm-hmm. Uh, my actor is 70 now. Uh, he's in a few things. He's in Caddyshack, Lost in Translation, Stripes, Groundhog Day, and Zombie Lands. <laughs> I went with Zombie Bill Murray <laughs> for my pick. A mm-hmm. little bit older, but you can really, you can, he's going to kind of tread the line between comedy and drama for this. So he's going to, he's still going to have funny elements, but he's going to be like really crazed too. And he's going to have fun with it. I talked to him earlier. He's down. So we get weird with it. Gonna get real weird. Next, we've got Nash, played by Jennifer Jason Lee, who was 24 at the time. And let's keep that same rotation. Chelsea, who's your pick for Nash? Uh, my actress is 25. She mostly does TV. She was in The Fosters, The Secret Life of an American Teenager, Girl in Progress. I went with Sierra Ramirez. Okay. Sierra Ramirez. Can you guess our theme? <laughs> yes. What is it? The Ramirez brothers, Dahmer. Oh. They're all serial killers. What was the middle one? Ryan Hansen. Hansen. The guy she Gunner just talked about. about. Yeah. <laughs> the frozen Alaskan hunter. Hansen. Yeah, yeah. Good job. And then Ramirez was uh, the Night Stalker. Yeah, the Night Stalker. Yes. Right. From the American Horror Story. American Horror Story, yeah. Last Dylan season. McDermott was on. Mm-hmm. Real life, real it's life, all... Robert Ramirez had bad teeth. Uh, oh, bad breath. Nice. Look up those teeth. Mm-hmm. They're bad. Mm-hmm. All right. Hillary, it's your turn. Um, I went with, I was, this was the hardest pick of all of the people for me in both of these movies. Because uh, Jennifer Jason Lee has very specific look about her i don't know there's something you know the 80s jennifer jason lee fast times there's something going on she's hard to replace if you will um i went with mckenzie foy mckenzie foy is awesome i like mckenzie foy interstellar the nutcracker a few other things she just has kind of like she can do the scowl and she also has that downturn lip just a little bit not as much little pouty yeah a little pouty lip like jennifer jason lee and i looked at a i mean i'm gonna be on a list for (laughs) (laughs) googling Googling pouty lip actresses these actresses (laughs) like yes all right let's go for it marco all right, so I chose an actress that's 23 years old. She's been in um, this film, Monkey's Paw, Magic Box movie, Wish Upon. And then she's also been more Netflix trash, The Kissing Booth, 1, <laughs> 2, and 3. Whoa. <laughs> I chose three of those? Joey King. Okay. okay. Right, yeah. yeah. So Joey her. King. There you go. Her. Right on. Roughly the right age. My actress is a little bit older. She's 68 now. <laughs> <laughs> she was in Do you have a time machine? <laughs> Toy Story 4 oh my God. Corvette Summer with Mark Hamill And Pretty in Pink Her name is Annie Potts Oh yeah Yay. Annie Potts wow. It's going to nice. be my Nash so, mm. so what's my theme? Ghostbusters Who are you going to call? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright that was pretty fun Final thoughts on The Hitcher it, mm. <laughs> I, I I was really bored with it until the uh, the, the 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 scene with the Jennifer, teddy bear. The, no, the Jennifer Jason Lee scene at the yeah. end. That that, yeah. that I like screamed. <laughs> I screamed. Not I had seen it before. If I feel like he used to come on HBO all the time as a kid or well, something. Well, there was a hitchhiker show on HBO that was kind of like a 
indirect spinoff. Yeah, and then I was confusing it with was it the prophecy or something like that. Yeah, I was conf- <laughs> I conflated this in my mind with a lot of shit yeah. that I saw as a the kid. Yeah. Christopher Walken, though, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's different. Yeah. It's totally different. But I had seen this because I remember that scene. The, with the trucks yes. and I'd also remember hearing people talk about it but I, I rewatched it anyways and it was really slow until it like was like holy shit there's like yeah. shooting and people getting ripped apart and why didn't someone just cut her off the truck <laughs> right shoot him and cut her ropes real quick like <laughs> she could have been saved I'm sorry like that was infuriating no one else felt that tension of like I would feel like she was in danger look, look, look. <laughs> she'll be fine they could have put some chocks under the, uh, the tires <laughs> and that would have solved everything talking I mean, that's all it was thing. just just put something under the tires and we're and she lives she definitely could have made it through this that was <laughs> I think I said in my review that I liked it more than I expected and probably a little bit more than I should have <laughs> exactly all right so we're gonna go ahead and go into our bonus segment which is gonna be a battle royale a four-part battle royale between Captain Crunch Tony Ooh. the Tiger the Tricks Rabbit and Lucky the Leprechaun uh, I picked Toucan Sam not in this battle royale. <laughs> so so one him? defends me and the other three try to kill me? Is that what it no, is? No, you're picking who <laughs> you think is going to win in a battle royale between them. I mean, it's got to be the tiger, right? The no, I'm between no the Trix Rabbit and the Leprechaun right now. Well, but, the Leprechaun um, does have yeah. magic, he has magic, but powers. Captain Crunch is a pure Our, psychopath. Just right, so, so, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean he, he, Captain Crunch. He's he not has, Admiral Crunch. He, he has, but he has... A navy at his beck and call. Uh-huh. He has firepower, and he, he's got a five head. Well, he does. <laughs> but there's also was the peanut butter crunch had like a whole elephant thing going on for some cereal reason. shreds your mouth. Tony is going to shred the captain, uh-huh. and then the leprechaun's gonna destroy Tony with magic, and then the rabbit's gonna solve the riddle the leprechaun lays out for him and mm. steal the pot of gold. And once the gold's gone, the leprechaun shrivels up. So Trick remember, Rabbit is the winner. I remember Lucky the Rabbit like having like like getting crazy about the cereal and having like rainbow yeah, eyes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He'll be dosing. Yeah. <laughs> That's his, his his I'm gonna go with the captain. Uh it's it's like a yacht rock thing. I'm Trick's Rabbit. I'm going leprechaun because so he's magically good. delicious. Gotta go with Tony. And, and Chelsea's going with Toucan Sam. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that will wrap us up and i want to thank the guests today thank you marco thank you hillary thanks for having us and uh sean do you know what next week's episode is we're starting a month of uh films from around the world around the world and next week will be australian films and yeah, and we I actually haven't picked the movies yet, so I need to get on that. If I'm gonna, you have I'm gonna, any yeah, I'm going to look at some and give input, you some opinions. Let me know. Yeah. But we do have a sneak preview question and answer for next week's trivia. There will actually be two sneak peeks because we had one last week, but no trivia this week. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, in the 2005 Australian Western, the proposition, uh, which was directed by John Hillcote, but written by whom? Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Nick Cavey. It is the red right hand, Nick Cave. Nick Cave. Uh, also, um, thank you, Chelsea, for regulating over there. Anything you want to plug? Uh, trivia. Trivia coming up. Uh, Hillary, any plugs? No. no. Uh, Marco. No plugs. Don't be an ass. Wear a mask. Don't be an ass. Wear a mask. We want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. 
We are online on Podbean. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. We're at Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter. We are Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook and Gmail and Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And that's where we will check in the beers that we drank during the episode. Sean, thank you for all that you do. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Sean. (laughs) Finally, we want to say farewell to you, the listeners. Please remember that Black Lives Matter. Wear a mask and vote like your life depends on it, because it probably does. And please remember to watch Chop Retrofit. And don't forget to tip your bartender. And thank your engineers. And don't pick up hitchhikers. Did I not say thank the engineer? Uh-huh. Thank you totally. You gotta do the record thing again. Nah, it's all right. <laughs>